This is Kick-Ass News. I'm Ben Mathis. Staying a step ahead of cyber threats can be the difference between thriving and being thwarted. Afternoon Cyber Tea with Ann Johnson has insights for cybersecurity decision-makers striving to succeed amid rapid change. Each week, Ann Johnson, Corporate Vice President for Cybersecurity Solutions at Microsoft, talks with key security experts to explore perspectives on implementing new tech, next-generation security risks, and the current and future state of the cybersecurity industry. Afternoon Cyber Tea is available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. And now, on with the show. I am immensely successful. <laughs> no, I am. And, uh, no, it is true. Uh, immensely successful. Uh, but yet, uh, you'd think it'd be good enough being me. Every single day, numerous people come up to me and they say, uh, uh, what's Larry David really like? That was a clip from Jeff Garland's new Netflix special, Jeff Garland, Our Man in Chicago. The actor from Curb Your Enthusiasm and the Goldbergs riffs on celebrity, dieting, and the time someone called him fat and he was the one who got arrested. Today, Jeff Garland joins me on the podcast to talk about his new special, as well as how Jimmy Durante inspired him to get into comedy, his start with Chicago's legendary improv group Second City and rooming with a young Conan O'Brien, and witnessing one of Larry David's famous fights with the audience at a comedy club. He talks about his worst gig as a comedian, why he always goes on stage to a different song, and why not everyone should follow their dream to Hollywood. Plus, how he kicked the sugar habit, what you can order in a catalog for fat guys, and how he almost got fired from the Goldbergs. Coming up with Jeff Garland in just a moment. guest today, Jeff Garland, from his hit TV shows Curb Your Enthusiasm and The Goldbergs, as well as dozens of movies like Daddy Daycare, Wally, and Toy Story 3. He's also a stand-up comedian, and he's out with a new Netflix special debuting November 12th called Jeff Garland, Our Man in Chicago. And according to his IMDb page, his hobbies are eating pudding and taking naps. Used Jeff to, Garland, used welcome. Used to be eating pudding. I don't eat pudding anymore. No more pudding for no, you? no. Oh, that's right. This is You're as wild a... as it gets. Uh, I have dried uh, Fuji apple chips in front of me, <laughs> and there's a granola, crochi, onchinone. stuff. Yeah, that's Good about man. it for me. I don't do pudding. I used to love pudding. Yeah, um, you've been off of sugar, take naps. right? Yeah. Two years yesterday. Two years yesterday. No sugar at all? No. Wow. Unless you count dried apple chips. I mean, that's hard because no, you know, there's sugar in everything, isn't there? I mean, yeah, how do but you avoid not, it? Like, Look, uh, I'm talking about anything that's primarily a sweet thing. Right. I eat fruit. Okay. Okay. You know, so it's not like that. Right, right. Natural sugars you eat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Uh, how's the two years? How's that going for you? You look great. You Thank lost you. a lot of weight. How much weight have you I lost? I don't know. You don't even know. Huh? I don't pay attention. Just keep shedding it off. Yeah. Good for you, man. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. 
I think in your special you said something like uh, what did it for you was you saw a fat model in a fat oh. co- fat suit catalog or something, and yeah, you thought he was, looked like you. <laughs> well, that was uh, a ve- definitely a vain moment yeah. where I knew I had to do something. When when you look in a catalog, it was this um, Living XL. Living Sorry, XL. I'm gonna take some water. <laughs> I just did the, the apple chips there. Uh, anyhow, um so this is not just clothes. No, this is living excels clothes for a fat guy. <laughs> it's the lifestyle. And and one of the models, I swear to God, I was like, I never posed for this. Like, how did they? I'm not even like even slightly joking. The guy looked so much likely like me. He was um, modeling a, a special pillow that yeah. you put on your uh, what's the the tray table on an airplane and lean forward into. Oh, to nap, it. like mm-hmm. to lay your head down. And the okay. dude looked. I mean, crazy. I still have a copy of it. Wait, well, I mean, what's the difference in the pillow for a fat guy versus anyone else? I don't know. I, don't know. I didn't. Uh, yeah. What What other kind of products do they have in the Living XL uh, catalog? Let's see. They had a uh, the Pride XL mobility chair, which was a uh, like a la- uh, chair. You know, you put your feet up. Uh-huh. Instead, this one, you pull the lever, the chair rises. So you can stand up. <laughs> okay. Uh, they had a toenail clipper with like a six-foot extender so you don't have to bend. Um, this is completely <laughs> true. I am not amazing. making this up. Um, <laughs> hammocks for fat people. Bicycles with what like are they a 700-pound seven capacity bicycle. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. But, but I mean, what it, what is the Venn diagram between 700-pound guys and guys who like to go bicycling? Go cycling. Well, first off, <laughs> does that if exist? you're out in front of your house watering your lawn, and let's just say a 500 pounder rides by on a bike, you're gonna like <laughs> drop the hose. You're just gonna go, "What was that?" So the idea that 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 a 500 pounder or a 700 pounder would go, yeah. "I'd love to go for a bike ride," but the only thing that's stopping me is I don't know that there's a bike that could hold me. <laughs> I don't. I think they got it wrong on that one. Now, how about naps? You still a big napper? The huge napper. Yeah, I'll me never too. Stop with the naps. I, I took a nap on the way here. Oh, you did in the car. Nice. Yes, I did, which makes me fresh and excited. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I uh, napping napper. is. Uh, yeah, I have trouble sleeping at night. People say because of my napping. No, I just have anxiety at night. Like I don't have anxiety when I nap. Huh. But at night, That's I funny. wake up at all times with anxiety. Really? Just yeah. your mind racing? My mind racing. Yeah, me too. Yep. And so I fall asleep fine. And even on days where I don't get a nap, you think, like, oh, he's going to sleep through the night. No. I have my rhythms at night, and I have my rhythms during the day. Yeah. So your rhythms work better during the day, huh? Yeah. Yeah, much better. <laughs> well, you know, are you one of those guys who can sleep anywhere, or do you have to have a whole setup when you take a nap? Oh, no, no. I can sleep anywhere. I can sleep really? on this table. Oh, I envy you. I could sleep on the floor here. I could sleep in this chair just where I'm sitting. <laughs> it would take me no more than two, three minutes to fall asleep. Really? Well, this is a good room for it because when these lights are out, it is silent and it is dark it's as a, hell. It's a great room. Yeah. yeah. I, I've often thought about putting a folding couch in here. Right. Because so well, I want to be flat. If I'm really okay. going to take a nap, I'm not a chair napper. Then why don't, don't you do that? There's not a lot of room. And then I get a lot of questions from people who come on as guests and- Oh, yeah, yeah. Know. You know, By in the, the Me Too way, era, you can't have a couch. No, no, no. no. <laughs> By the way, it's true. You can't. Especially not a fold-out couch. By the way, not the size of this room. It would be a big ball of wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get, a little I bit. Get it. I get it. <laughs> well, 
Well, I read that you originally wanted to become a comedian from like age eight after you went to see the great Jimmy Durante. Is that true? Yes. I saw Jimmy Durante wow. at eight years old. And on the way home, I asked my parents if that was a job. They said it was. I said, that's a job that I want. Because that's what I was in school. I was the class clown. And I'm, yeah. not, I'm not exaggerating. From preschool on. I remember preschool and nursery school getting laughs. Really? You were always a cutout? Yes, always. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's a name that I don't hear anymore, Jimmy Durante. But, man, he was a talent. It would they, be guys weird like that don't if exist. you did hear it because, you know, young people, like, they're, they're rediscovering Jimmy Durante. No, right. but the only way a young person, like my children, I show them the movie, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, right. many right. times, and they loved oh, it. Oh, yeah. And yeah, he's or, in the movie. He's the old guy who kicks the bucket yeah. early in the movie. Or the Frosty the Snowman Christmas special. Yeah, he's the voice. He's the yes. voice. Yeah. He's the voice. Narrator. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. weird to me to think that there is a whole generation right now of young people, maybe several ge generations of young people who only know the names Jimmy Durante, Burl Ives, and Fred Astaire from Rankin-Bass Christmas specials. Yeah, but you're assuming that they even know the Rankin-Bass Christmas specials. Right. Well, like, I mean, it's they like still even put a step on. away from that. I know, yeah, yeah. but they don't even pay attention. Yeah. Man, he was a talent. He, I mean, oh, yeah. there aren't a lot of people that I would call entertainers in Do this day Do you know one time he, he was, was, an he was teamed up with Buster Keaton? They were a no. comedy team. Yeah. What? Yeah. It was later in Buster's career. That is incredible. I'm still I crunching no on these apple chips. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. It's fine. It's not Keeps fine it for your listeners. Well, you know, they, they, they need something to wake them up sometimes. Well, if they're that bored, I don't want, you know, come on, man. What kind of show do you have? They need something to wake it them up. It varies. It varies depending on the guest. Okay. But, but we're doing great today. Good. Uh, what was, I'm trying to think, what was Jimmy Durante's famous line? What was his song? Inca, like, do. Oh, Inca, Inca, oh, yeah, the song. Inca, 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 Good night, Mrs. Calabas, wherever you Yes. Are. Yeah. Yes, and it's weird that I even know that at my age. But How old are you? Uh, I am 45. I would have guessed 42. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. When I met my wife, I told her I was 36. So, <laughs> When did you meet her? That would... <laughs> About three years ago. Okay. Because so... <laughs> I'd say you were 37. That's not a big okay. deal. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, I got about three years wiggle room, you think? Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. That's yeah. better than nothing, I'll tell you. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, growing up as a kid, aside from Jimmy Durante, who were who some of the other people that you gravitated well, to? Well, I gravitated to Martin and Lewis, mm -hmm. Abbott and Costello. Yeah. Um, Laurel and Hardy, all the teams. That's yeah, interesting. Well, also, you know, Jack Benny. Oh yeah. Um, I love comedians. I watch them on Ed Sullivan. Watch them on the Johnny Carson show. Albert Brooks, Woody Allen, Bob mm -hmm. Newhart. I mean, Shelley Berman. All the good ones. Yeah, I mean, I Richard Pryor, my all-time favorite. Really? So many comedians. I mean, I love comedy. Mm -hmm. Any great comedian. Yeah. Yes. Wow. You, yeah, you covered your bases. Yeah. You are, you are a comedy nerd, aren't you? Aficionado. Aficionado. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just a plain old comedy nerd. What about the the Brits? Like the Goon Show? Monty stuff Python. Like that? Monty Python. Goon Show. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, I was very much into uh, English Benny comedy. Hill. Benny know. Hill. Love Benny Hill. Benny Hill could not boo -doo, boo -doo, work boo -doo, today, yeah. could it? Like just some, some creepy old British guy chasing around naked chicks. <laughs> well, could there's that something adorable about it because it's so stupid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, literally <laughs> stupid. Yeah. It was stupid then. That was a joy. It was. It was. Here's the he point of Benny Hill. You say, but he couldn't do it today. Nobody took it seriously. Right. <laughs> but That's would they the today? point. Well, yes. Well, here's the problem. Today, somebody would watch 
an old guy with like these fast motion things and girls in bikinis and silliness Mm -hmm. and go, that's wildly inappropriate. He's not respecting women. I don't think he's respecting himself. I don't think he's respecting it. There's no respect in it. You know, it's nonsense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, just we need to get over that comedy. But I do have strong opinions about this whole thing that nothing's funny anymore. You can't be funny Mm -hmm. anymore. You can't make it. That's not true. I have not changed my comedy at all. Because yeah. of the times. Zero. Yeah. Any funny comedian I know has not changed their comedy at all because of the times. Okay. No one I know. But do you do off-color stuff like that? I mean, I, mean, I don't you know do that I necessarily do off-color. I, I do what's funny. I don't even it, pay attention. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I know yeah. I'm not going to say something that is ignorant. Mm-hmm. That's not who I am. Right. Right. And the people I know who are funny, same thing. Yeah. So I think every topic is on board as long as it's funny. Yeah. So there you go. Well, you you say in your special that you almost got fired from the Goldbergs for yeah. making a, one un-PC comment. Well, I made a what few, you but say? they were silly. I would, what was the big I, deal? I, I think a lot of times when I stand up, I go, oh, my vagina. <laughs> I do that, which is stupid. I don't have a vagina, and anyone around me knows that I have a vagina. Oh, my vagina. Or... Um, like if I make a mistake, I go, oh, grandma's balls. <laughs> Stupid. Right. And right. so if you're offended by that, it just doesn't appeal to your sense of humor. Yeah. But get over it. Yeah. And I'm not coming to your house and doing it. <laughs> but this was somebody in the crew who, when I would say stuff like this, reported me to Sony HR. Jesus. And then HR brought me in. And I said, I'm sorry, you're wasting your time. And the producer defended me. It was nonsense. It's a comedy show. I'm being silly. I'm not not making any racist comments. I'm making any sexist comments. There's nothing I'm making. It's pure silliness. So I said to them, they said to me, I remember remember this so clearly. They said, well, what if uh, TMZ gets a hold of this? I go, then that'll be the first time (laughs) I speak to TMZ because I would love it. I would love to tell them that I actually did it. You know, and let people judge me from there. And I told yeah. them, I said, I'm sorry. Tell the person that if they want to talk to me about it, I'd love to and respect them, uh-huh. which I would. I would not be disrespectful in terms of someone saying how uncomfortable and why they're uncomfortable. And by God, if they really sold me like why wow. it's uncomfortable to them, I might stop. Do you know what I mean? But not because someone's, quote, offended and right. tells, you know, it's just we're in a world now with that, you know. Yeah. But when I do stand up, if someone's offended, leave. Right, right. You can always walk out. Yeah. I mean, I Go. guess it's different in the workplace, but. Well, know. no, in the work, if someone Although, at an insurance agency with a bunch right, of right. Uh, <laughs> desks all around stands up every time and goes, ah, oh, my vagina. <laughs> It's inappropriate. That would be weird. That would be that weird would and be inappropriate. I mean, yeah, uh, really inappropriate. I mean, even if everyone knew he was joking, it's still, that's not the place yeah. to say my <laughs> vagina. I'm on a comedy show. I'm a comedian. When I stand up, even at home, I go, oh, my vagina. And uh, because I have the, I don't know if I do this in the show, the piece about why women don't use that as an excuse that their vagina hurts. I think you do. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. I think that's the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. No man will ever argue with you not wanting to go right. to dinner. You go, you know what? Uh, my vagina's killing me. Oh, what can I do? Can I get you some ice? What can I do to make it better? You know? And, you know, it's like it's such a great instrument to yeah. use as an yeah, excuse. Yeah, that's your get out of jail like free card right there. 
children and a death in the family. I think a vagina yeah. is taken just oh, as seriously. Oh, it's up there, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's like I understand in the wrong situation. You know, uh, you're not supposed to hug somebody. Well, if I have a relationship with somebody and I know somebody and they're a woman and we love each other and we work together, I can hug them. They yeah. can hug me. Now, someone I don't know on my show or I don't have any interpersonal relationship with, yeah. I cannot just go up and hug them. Right. Now, if they're crying, I can go, are you okay? You know, whatever. But the point being is it's just common sense and decency. Yeah. That's where we're at. And the idea yeah. that we need rules amongst common sense and decency. That's so true. I like to consider myself, even with saying my vagina or grandma's balls, a gentleman. So, you know, yeah, it's just common sense. Yeah, yeah, it's everyone's so. And I don't ever want. Right I don't now. ever want to make somebody feel bad. Sure, sure, of course. Like not. I, even if at my show, if someone's offended, I don't want that. I'm not going for that. Yeah. Um, but you know, who knows? Yeah. And who knows what their story is? Yeah, yeah, that's true. You never know what the other person's baggage is they're bringing to right. it. Right. But you know, but you're a good guy, obviously. Well, don't yeah. say obviously. I like to think that I am. <laughs> I think it. I think it's I, I aspire to be a good guy, but I, I just, man, you just can't assume. Yeah. I do my best. Yeah, that's a good rule for life. Don't assume. I don't assume. It? Assume makes an ass out of you and, and me. me. Yeah, from Bad News Bears, Walter <laughs> Matthau. Yeah. Or someone said it in the first thing. It wasn't, wasn't yeah. Walter Matthau. I don't know. It wasn't Walter Matthau. It was a, a uh, Vic, um, whatchamacallit. Anyhow. Anyhow. Yeah. Point being is just be kind and thoughtful. Yeah. It's the same thing. I wrote a book a while back mm -hmm. about me trying to lose weight and go green during the last, during the Seinfeld season of Curb. It was huh. like a big thing, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And the food stuff was really interesting in the book. Yeah. Like, really interesting. The green stuff, not so interesting. <laughs> and ultimately, what I learned about pollution and uh, going green and all that was just common sense. Be thoughtful. Mm -hmm. Throw your stuff in the recycling container. Try not to use a lot of plastic. Yeah. Uh, you know, use a car that you can that's got better mileage than other. Yeah. I, yeah. I, tomorrow morning, I'm getting solar paneling installed in my oh, really? house. I, I drive a Tesla. I'm, nice. I'm blessed, nice. you know, that I make enough money to drive a Tesla. But there are other electric cars. Point being, I believe in all that. But really to contribute to society on that level, it's yeah. just being thoughtful. Everything's yeah. about being thoughtful. Right. And in many ways, it's in your own self-interest. I don't get these people who are like so anti-environment and saying, ah, fuck it. Let's just drive a Hummer well, and destroy the environment. About, here's what it comes you know, down to. We're in the to most it. polluted city in America. I mean, okay. You, you want to die what? early? Those people don't care about their children yeah. or other yeah. people's children. Yeah. Because that's where it's really going to hurt. Yeah. Not today, not tomorrow, but in the future. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now, you're a second city guy, right? I'm a second city guy. <laughs> what was that like? Were, were there any other big names in your generation there? Many. Really? Oh, many. Was this the 80s or? It was late 80s, early 90s. Okay. But I, I had everyone there. Let's see here. Tim Meadows, Mike Myers, Bonnie oh, wow. Hunt, Amy Sedaris, uh, Stephen Colbert, Stephen Carell. Wow. Um, Nia Vardalos. I mean. I don't know, tons. That's a huge I'm class. Skipping. I'm also wow. skipping probably yeah. 10 people. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And somewhere I read that you were, I guess, roommates with Conan O'Brien. I was Brian roommates with Conan O'Brien right? during that period, actually. Really? What was yeah. he like back then? He was as funny as the day is long. Really? And he was a sweet guy, great guy. 
We didn't know at that time he was ever going to be a talk show host. He was a yeah. writer. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 He was yeah. a delight. I was honored yeah. to know him then. I read that you used to wake him up in the middle of the night and make him do sketches with you. Well, what I would do is, is I, would, I would go to the kitchen. His bedroom was off the kitchen. So I'd go, like, get a drink of water or something. Yeah. And then i go, oh, let me see if he's up. Maybe I can get him to do George Takei, you know, Sulu from Star <laughs> Trek, which he used to do and say these things. So i go, are you up? I am now. And then I'd make him, you know. Do George Decay. Yeah. You should not have snacks when you have really? a podcast. That's my opinion. I don't mind. Or I, have don't, a, I told you audience my, does my not driver care. was slow. You speak for your audience. I say they do. The audience wants you to be happy. They're generous people. And no. I think that's fine. Uh, if, you know, if you need a midday snack, then more power to you. Go for right. it. <laughs> I'm need, getting more fuel power Fuel is good then. for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, do you think of yourself as more of a stand-up guy or a sketch guy? How did you originate? Think, here's the thing. You you think yeah. I think. I don't think about that <laughs> stuff. But I love sketch. I don't get an opportunity to do it enough. Mm -hmm. I love it. When I was at Second City, the audiences loved me, and my peers didn't have much respect for me. Really? Why not? Well, hold on. Stand-up clubs... <laughs> My peers loved me, and audiences didn't have much respect really? for me. Yep. What's worse? It all worked out. Um, the second city one. Yeah. Because to have your peers just not dig you yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah, that like, counts. I was popular among some people, and then other people, they were like, ah, you know. So, and then stand-up. I Look, I aspired to have the audience groove to me. Mm -hmm. And I knew I was growing, and I believed in how funny I was. So I knew, maybe not today, but someday, I'm gonna slay them. You know, yeah. I knew I was funny, so I didn't worry about the audience being indifferent to me. And I was trying things. Whereas your peers, you can't say someday they'll like me, someday they respect or respect me, sure. which they do. I actually through. Curb your enthusiasm. Have hired more Second City actors than anyone else in the history of Second City. Now I'm really? coming up with that, <laughs> but I can pretty much safely say no, that's true. Yeah, because yeah. because you're an, ex an executive producer on it. You're mm -hmm. not just a star on it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a show that supposedly, from what I've been told, is largely improv, right? It is improv. And by the way, the greatest revenge is hiring someone who is mean to you. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyone in mind? No, I'm not saying okay. anything, but I'm okay. saying it was being kind and generous uh -huh. to people who weren't nice to you. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, that's Because you know what's revenge. also cool? They think you forgot, but you didn't. We're going to take a quick break, and then I'll be back with more with Jeff Garland when we come back in just a moment. Looking for some sparkle for under the tree? Finding the perfect gift for everyone on your list can be a difficult task, but it doesn't have to be. Kendra Scott is here to help make your shopping this season as easy as possible with a great selection of gifts for everyone on your list. From a classic pendant necklace to an on-trend statement earring or something customized, they've got pieces for every style and budget, including hundreds of styles under $100. Best of all, Kendra Scott offers free shipping, plus free gift wrapping, and free returns just in case. Want some personal shopping advice? Visit your local Kendra Scott store, and they'll help you find the right jewelry for you and your loved ones, or go to their website and take their perfect gift finder quiz. 
And man, does that come in handy. Jewelry is my wife's favorite gift, but I have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to jewelry shopping. Kendra Scott makes it easy, so you really can't go wrong. And as our gift to you, visit KendraScott.com and use promo code KICK or mention this ad in your local Kendra Scott store for 20% off your next purchase. Hurry, this is a limited time offer. That's 20% off at KendraScott.com using the code KICK. For companies, governments, and even individuals, managing the ever-evolving cyber threat landscape can be the difference between thriving and being thwarted. Afternoon Cyber Tea with Ann Johnson has insights from CISOs and key decision makers striving to succeed amid rapid change without compromising security. Each week, Ann Johnson, Corporate Vice President for Cybersecurity Solutions at Microsoft, talks with cybersecurity thought leaders and influential industry experts to explore perspectives on implementing new tech, next-generation security risks, current trends, and the future of cybersecurity. Join Anne as she and her guests explore the risk and promise of tools and systems powered by AI, IoT, machine learning, and other emerging technology, as well as the impact on how humans work, communicate, consume information, and live in this era of digital transformation. Because it's not enough to keep up with cyber criminals, you need to stay a step ahead. Afternoon Cyber Tea is available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Listen in to lead the future of security. And now, back to the show. Now, you, you say in your Netflix special that every day people come up to you and ask, what's Larry David like? Even now, with all your success, they all want to know what's Larry David like. Or where's like. Larry is their funny where's way of saying it. Where's Larry? You know? <laughs> um, yeah. But here's the thing. I want to be clear. I understand curiosity with Larry David. Larry David is my my mentor, one of my best friends, my coworker, my boss, like he's all these different things yeah. to me. And I understand why anyone would go, I want to know more about him cuz he's Larry David. Yeah. Man, that's something. I'm in awe of him, you know. So, and he's so talented. I mean, he's right. he is tapped into the id of America. I, mean, I don't I've know what many, he's tapped I've had, into. I've had many times when I relate to a moment on Curb Your Enthusiasm. I think everyone does. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think it's very natural to want to know who is this guy who has this weird window into our soul. Well, I just look at him at being just yeah. brilliantly funny. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Truly, when we filmed that show, we laughed all day long. No kidding. Mm -hmm. it, on camera and off camera. Is the Larry of Curb Your Enthusiasm pretty close to the real thing? No. No? Mm. He's not cynical and... <laughs> not really. I don't know no. if I would describe him as cynical in the show, well, but... I mean, it's basically that person, but on the show, his id runs everything. Uh-huh. And there's no appropriateness. <laughs> yeah. In real life, he's a thoughtful man. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? He's a good friend? Mm-hmm. Huh. Great friend. You couldn't be a better friend than Larry okay. David. Yeah. I mean, how did you guys first meet? Right? Was was that doing stand up in New York or what? A gentle lovemaking seminar. Shut up. <laughs> of course, I'm kidding. Okay. Um, <laughs> by the way, for you listeners, that would be amazing. I just finished, if that was. I just finished my granola bar. 
I'm having a little water, and that will be it. Me, it for me eating for the rest of the thing. <laughs> Are you I, sure? We can yeah, make a snack. No, break. I feel great. We have more man. healthy snacks. No, 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 I'm good. I'm trying to get more. I'm trying to be better about healthy snacks. Oh, by See, the I got way, a ton of you, chocolate. You have a ton of candy bars. So out much there. garbage. When I first looked, I'm like, oh, there's nothing. Then I go, oh, dried fruit, which is a little <laughs> high in sugar, but I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. you know, especially compared to a candy bar. Which yeah. I haven't had in years. I know, and e- even what I think of as the healthy snacks are those nut bars, and those nut balls, bar- bars are terrible for you. They got chocolate and all this. They're sugar not terrible probably. for you. The butterfingers and crap you have is what's okay. terrible for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, right. that's pretty bad. <laughs> and uh, and by the way, if you can tolerate sugar, and your body's okay, having one of those uh, candy bars, Milky Way, every once in a while, delightful. Yeah, but it's yeah. slowly killing. But I was a person who didn't just have one. I was a person who. Like if someone gave offered me a plate mm-hmm. of cookies, I wouldn't go, let's save some for the others. Yeah, I'm the you same know, way. I would destroy it. Well, <laughs> it'll change I your life you. in a positive way. Yeah. Although you look good. Uh, I'm You're trying. I'm getting there. Guy. I'm working on it. I'm working yeah. on it. I try to stay away from the snacks here. Yeah. So, okay, well, you met Larry. Was that yeah. stand-up or what? Uh, yeah, we, we first met uh, doing stand-up in New York. That's when we okay. first met. And then, um, no. Yes. That's when we first met, and then years later, I had moved from New York back to Chicago, and he came to town. He was going to a White Sox game. He wanted to see Comiskey Park before they tore it down. Oh, yeah. And we hung out in the bar of Catch a Rising Star Comedy Club. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when he was doing Seinfeld out here, I would bump into him. And um, it was only years later, like when we're working together, where I said to him, I go, you know, I never even auditioned for Seinfeld. He goes, oh, that's crazy. Because <laughs> he goes, did. he goes, I could think of a hundred parts you would have been perfect for. But I never, I never did. I was yeah. never on Seinfeld, and I only yeah. wanted to be. How weird! People I know were on it. Lots of people were. Yeah, on it. not me. Yeah, I mean that was a cultural and I touchstone. Loved, and I love that show. Oh my wow. god, I still love that show. It is so good. It when makes I me the so reruns. happy. So. Uh, I mean, did you ever see his old act? Because I've heard stories well, from other comics. I knew him as a comedian in New York. I okay. actually saw him go on stage, look at an audience, and go, eh, not tonight, and leave. <laughs> really? That's true. Because I've heard because comedians he didn't like tell the, these yeah, stories. Yeah, no, it's true. I saw yeah. it. Saw him do it. <laughs> saw him get mad. He would get mad at an audience for And I, by the way, had a rep for doing that. For doing that, too? For doing that, too. But, really? But not the way he did it. So... It wow. wasn't as amusing. Yeah, everyone, I, everyone I've talked to from that era, Gilbert Gottfried and a whole bunch mm-hmm. of people have told me these stories. Like one night he got pissed off because a New York audience didn't know what a bungalow was. <laughs> By the way, Gilbert stormed off. Saw it many. Gil, Gilbert was truly of that era with right. Larry. Right, I came in at the end of that era, so uh, Gilbert really knows those stories and really saw mm-hmm. this stuff. But also, Gilbert's somebody who a lot of those stories are about too. He's legendary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's the guy who was famous for, like, going up and doing, like, a, impressions of Wallace Beery for, like, a half hour. <laughs> Wallace Beery. <laughs> about, I would have loved that. I would love a good Wallace yeah. Beery impression. <laughs> now, one thing I love to ask comedians is, what was your worst gig ever? And you have a great one. Can yes, you tell us a little do. bit about that? I don't want to well, give too much just, away. Well, it's in my special. <laughs> There's so many. Here's the thing. You have to understand. Mm-hmm. I have been fired. Forget regular day jobs. I have been fired stand-up comedy-wise hundreds of times. Really? I've been fired. No kidding. I've had I've I've had owners. I'm not making this up. It's happened to me twice. Come up to me in the middle of my show, take the mic away from me, 
and say that'll be it. Were were you offensive, or was it just they didn't think you were funny? What was it? I don't. I didn't analyze. It. Yeah, you didn't ask. <laughs> I just was like, "All right, dude." My favorite thing wow. was I got fired in in. Um, That's rough. I got fired in East Lansing, Michigan. Yeah. Okay, this is completely true. Guy goes, "Yeah, I got. I can't uh, pay you." I go, why? I mean, I go, "You're firing me. You should be paying me for the weekend." Nah. He goes, "I got to tell you though, you're not for my audience, but I really enjoy you. Where do you play in Chicago? I'll come see you." <laughs> completely true the nerve the nerve yeah and i couldn't pay my rent that week oh man you know you live hand to mouth in that area. yeah 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 50 bucks a gig or something like that oh, that's no, a big a deal back then the, probably this yeah. was more than that yeah. this was like this okay. was a, from chicago to Anna, to uh oh East right Lansing. right out of town yeah. yeah so it's yeah it was a, a weekend gig yeah. yeah what what clubs do you work at these days i go up here in town at uh the improv mm-hmm. Flappers, worst name okay. ever for a club, but I in love Burbank, it. Burbank, yeah, yeah. Uh, Laugh Factory Comedy Store. I go up everywhere. Okay, I'm taking a bit of a break now because I'm burnt having shot Curb, the last season of Curb, last season of Goldberg's. I'm back at the Goldberg's, and all wow. the while was working on my special. So I'm taking a break until December. Yeah. Then I'm at Largo, which you're is a busy my, guy. My main home yeah. is Largo. Now, I know that you're a big music guy, and big I, I think I, I heard that you like to go up to a different song every time. Right? Every time. I, what does that do well, for you? Well, what it does is um, I'll walk up on stage to a different song, usually something that's not too cool. If it oh, is yeah? too cool for me, I'll comment about I'm not cool yeah. enough for that song. Like what? But what it does, I, I don't know. Okay, I'm, sure. I mean, uh, different song every satisf- time. I'll give a bad version. I would okay. never use this. But Satisfaction <laughs> by the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Me walking up to that is just, I, I'm not that cool. Come on, <laughs> yeah. man. Um, but I would never even use that one. That's uh-huh. too, you know. But I play, and I play a different song, more of a chill uh, song at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Different every time. So, beginning of my show, I'll play this song, and what does it remind me of? What do I explain to the audience about it? And then that gets me started talking, and before you know it, uh, uh, it's been an hour and I'm leaving. Really? Yeah, yeah you, you like to wing it. In fact, a, right. lot, I, I a lot of your special is, is improvised, yeah, that, right? But, but that was, the, my special is improvised. That's brave. Um, it would be brave if that was my intent. Oh, yeah? I worked for three years on my special, having a beginning, a middle, and an end. A theme, thoughts. I want it to be wow. a thoughtful special. Yeah. Well, we filmed in Chicago. It's called Our Man in Chicago. I did two nights. I mean, two shows. Yeah. You're from there, right? From Chicago, yeah. yes. First show, I did pretty much with a very little improvising, beginning, middle, and end. Okay. Second show... I just, wherever my whimsy took me, plus the material, I went. And I was able to capture what I do. If Netflix is paying you money to, in fact, um, you know, do a special, you can't. Even though I, I trust going up every night in front of an audience that I've never seen with nothing prepared, I trust that. Not with I, Netflix money. <laughs> well, by the way, if they said, we'll give you the special and we're not going to pay you, I probably would still do it oh, yeah? if I could improvise. <laughs> yeah. And no I wouldn't kidding. be worried. I wouldn't be worried about it either way. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's just not fair to them, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. They got to know But what actually, I was actually so giddy the second show, which is what yeah. essentially my special is, because I was thinking the whole time, oh, my God. 
this is so much fun. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm making this up. Like, like this is the stuff I do at Flappers on a on a Sunday and no one knows. And now this will be on Netflix. It was very exciting. Yeah, you do great crowd work. That's a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah. Now, do you ever freeze up? Do you ever have a moment where you're like, shit, I got nothing? Nope. No? Never. Nope. Never. Not and even for there, a second. If there ever was a moment when I had nothing, I would look at the crowd and go, I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I have, like like Larry goes, oh, not tonight. There yeah. have been times I've performed, and then at a certain point I go, yeah, I'm done. And I just leave. Hey, you, they appreciate yeah. your honesty. That's yeah. better than yeah. <laughs> better so, than giving them five, ten yeah, more minutes yeah, of but nothing. I never, yeah. I never have those moments. Yeah. I don't overthink wow. it. Do you ever have bad nights? And if so, how do you shake that? Okay, couple things. First off, yes, I do have bad nights. The only ones that shake me to the core are when the audience is great and I'm no good. Really? Because you have to understand, an audience is made up of so many different things. DNA, <laughs> the, how, where they were raised, how they were raised, what they earned. Do they like their job? Do they How's their love life? How's their sex life? What did they eat? Are they <laughs> exercising? All these things go into their well-being yeah. that bring them into a room on that particular day. So chemically, I look at an audience as like a chemical being mm -hmm. that is different. Now, there are nights where I go up and I'm on fire. I feel funny. I know I'm funny. And the crowd, frankly... Not into it. Nothing huh. I can do. Uh, do I, turn to any... my, I turn to my, it becomes more craft and less yeah. art, you know, to get through it. Yeah. And by the way, most of the time, they don't even know that it's not a great show. Really? Because it seems like, oh, that was great. No. Me, okay, <laughs> my shows are do. great yeah. when I have a great audience. Mm -hmm. It uplifts me. I, go, yeah. I do go to, and that's what I have with my special. The yeah. audience is oh, yeah, great. Terrific. So I could Good go vibe. anywhere. Um but and then also there are nights where I don't feel funny and the audience laughs at everything and oh, I yeah. think, oh, they're so <laughs> wrong. Um, but generally, it's it it goes well. Is there any science to it at all? Do you know that like if you go on earlier in the evening, you might get a crowd that's not the only it, science or? that I know of as a comedian is Friday late shows can be very difficult. Oh yeah, because they're tired and they've been drinking. Mm, yeah, and that combination is not good. Mm -hmm. So yeah. uh, other than that, during the course of a week, it's random as to yeah. what it is. But that's the only one that comedians know. Friday late shows can be a big bowl of difficult. Yeah. I haven't had yeah. a bad Friday late show in a lot of years, but I can say having doing, done comedy for 37 years, I've had maybe a thousand, you know, huh. if, if I've had that many Fridays, <laughs> you know. Yeah, wow. I mean... Just really bad audience. Oh, how about hecklers? Do you ever get them? And what's your rule? Do you engage or not engage? I rarely get hecklers who are trying to top me. Okay. But they're destroyed. Yeah. No, it's not even Good fair. <laughs> no, it, it, I'm telling you. Because yeah. the, the, the basic premise that any comedian should know is mm. make sure the audience is on your side. Yeah. If the audience is on your <laughs> side and you know what you're doing, that person does not have a prayer. Yeah. Now, if the audience is not on your side, you're, it's going to be harder. Yeah. you got to figure it out. It's like a puzzle. You move through it. But see, that's why comedy is made up of art and craft. The craft is really the work you put in ahead of time and those nights when things aren't going right. 
The art is when everything's going right. And you've had the craft to put into it, and you're having the joy. Joy and art go along. Joy and craft are not friends. (laughs) Craft is work. Craft is me doing sets so I stay in shape Mm -hmm. when I have an important show. Yeah, you use that word a lot, I've noticed, joy. Yes. That comes up a lot with you. It's the most important uh, word to me. Really? Is that a recent revelation, or is that something you've always had? I look back and I've had I have more of it in later years mm-hmm. as I've gotten older, more joy. But it's like people use the word, are you happy? See, now happy, happiness is so cyclical. Mm-hmm. Happiness is like you go through periods, you're very happy, you're not happy. Right. Part of your day, you're happy. It's just up and down. Yeah. And if whereas, you're like more of a state of you, being, whereas right. joy is a little well, bit joy, more verby. Joy, well, joy is the way you approach it. Yeah. Joy is how you look at it. Joy is exactly. how... It's just joyful, yeah. you know? You want your experience of doing this podcast to be joyful. Now, if it's joyful and your listeners get something out of it, that's a home run. Yeah. Okay, but Win-win. if it's joyful, you should look at doing something else if it's not enjoyable <laughs> to your listeners. Yeah. But if it's painful and your listeners love it, you still should look at something else yeah. because you should look at stuff that's joyful. You yeah. don't need to be feeling that pain. Yeah, and something you're good at. I love. I, I think that was some of the best advice that I've heard in the special. You say, follow your dream, but only if it's what you're the best at, right? Well, dude, dude, whatever your dream, this place, L.A., is loaded with people following oh, yeah. their dreams. Right. But it's really important that your dream is what you're great at. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're only going to be sad and fail. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah. I mean, that's so an act of kindness. So if you do what you're great at and it's your dream, mm-hmm. you're blessed. Yeah. If you do what you're great at and your dream is something you do on the side, you're blessed. If you follow your dream and it's not what you're great at, you're not blessed at all. It's it's terrible. Yeah. And that's not the worst thing in the world. I've seen <laughs> it so many times. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we don't all so have to tell fo- people, have our dream come true. By the way, when I tell people, do what you're great at, I'm not saying don't do your dream, mm-hmm. but don't rely on your dream. Right, right, yeah. right. I mean, this town is littered with people who have were told to go well, out to Hollywood and follow their dream, the and no one was kind and... enough to say, look, you know what? You're not well, that good. By the way, at, don't least, at least here in Los Angeles, people are following their dreams. Mm-hmm. People go to South Florida just for the weather. <laughs> There's no dreams. That's true. Now I'm kind of surprised, you know, to hear you use this word joy over and over again because you talk about it in the special. I guess uh, this is what 2017. You had a rough year. Your mom died. You got divorced. Yeah. And around that time, I I'm, think it was that you got arrested of all well, things no, for no, no, felony vandalism. It's, 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 it's throughout right? the order. Okay. The arrest. I'm going backwards. Came before that. Okay. Um, yeah, so the felony, same chunk of time. Yeah, the felony, same felony, felony vandalism for a what car window happened? got cracked, you know. Why are you asking me <laughs> every question from stories in my special? Because I'm lazy. I don't, I don't want <laughs> lazy, I, it is lazy. It's lazy. I don't wanna but I don't want to do my too. whole special. Okay. I want right. people to You're watch right. the special, <laughs> you know. But I'm giving I had, teasers. Yeah, and, and you know, and the charge it's, it's a it's a good story in the show. It is a very, but, very good but, story. And I feel but, bad for you because it's not your fault. And a smarter cop well, probably would have. It is my fault because I had ego. Ego was involved. Like, what are you doing? Like, instead of right. someone does something crappy, stick to your lane. 
Mm-hmm. Let them do, let them have their festival. Yeah. You just do what you do. But in one year, so I that you could add like another year to that. So it was like I got arrested and then I got divorced. My mom died. My dogs died. I had two dogs. They both died. All in like the same year. It was a bit much. But you know what? I found joy and I kept moving forward. Good for you, man. I took adversity on. Wow. Yeah. But that's life. <laughs> yeah. No one guarantees no one guarantees you. Mm-hmm. That you're not going to have tragedy or adversity. Yeah. So you got to go through it. You got to, mm-hmm. you have no choice but to move forward yeah. or die. I like that. That's yeah. a very Jewish way of thinking. Yeah, maybe it is. Have <laughs> some Jew, soup. Jews know but, that their misery is part forward. of life. But you, you know? and Jews did it throughout history. Yeah. Move forward. Yeah. Move forward. Keep going forward. No matter how scared you are, <laughs> no matter how much pain, you keep moving forward. And then, um, yeah. Good stuff. And yeah. you meditate too, right? I do transcendental meditation, yes. Good for you. I'm trying to get into that. I'm trying to start. Right, let, let's take a few steps back. We're <laughs> okay. talking about this right now. Okay. I'm trying to start. So you can I re, can I rephrase that for you? I have you? no idea what I'm doing. No, no, I can I rephrase <laughs> it for you? You go, eh, I thought about that. I'm trying is basically I've thought about that. Because either you're going okay. to or you don't. If I'm Do you know where the local <laughs> transcendental meditation place is to where you live? Uh, no, I don't. Then you uh, stop there. Stop there because <laughs> that you need that. So I need training. There, yeah, you have to learn how I to do it. Can't just sit under a Bodhi tree. <laughs> no, you can't just sit Zone under out. a Bodhi tree. Okay. Do you have a Bodhi tree? Okay. No. They're I have ti- a tree. They're usually tiny <laughs> in, on people's counters. Okay. All right. So that's not working for me. So I'm just daydreaming. I'm a daydreamer. I think. Well, maybe. <laughs> but you know, there's a great song by Neil Young called "Dreaming Man" yeah. about that. And the truth is, man. Meditation is delightful. You don't have to do it. Don't beat yourself up that you're not your best self. Do you know I mean? Fair enough. Like your ideal self meditates. Yeah. My ideal self does stuff too. Yeah. What's your real self want? I sound I like meditate. I sound like <laughs> especially with my voice. I sound like Tony Robbins. That's what I'm turning into. You should do some tapes. Yeah. No, I, that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, before I know we, nothing. <laughs> before we go, I have to ask about Star Wars. You are going to be in the next Star Wars film. See, right? this is something that's come up a lot. Lately, I'm sure it has, and it's kind of a joke. And I forgot how it got out. But the reality, <laughs> but on true. the internet, there's pictures of me in Star Wars, and it's not me. What? And what I think when I see that's even, the guy from the catalog. Yeah. But what I even see when I see this picture, I go. I don't even know if that's Star Wars. Like, it's this weird alien-looking thing. I Yes, I am, but I'm just a background person. Oh, yeah? J.J. Abrams is my friend. I became really? an, I'm an alien in the scene. I think you'll know who oh, I am. Oh, that's awesome. When you see it, but I, I have nothing to do with the movie. Would I recognize movie, you? Or are you made I'm up? unrecognizable, but I'm recognizable. Okay. That's all. <laughs> okay. Well, that's something to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, what about the next season of Curb? January 19th. Any teasers? Three lines? It's funny. Okay. You want three lines. <laughs> so it comes back January 19th. It's funny, and I I was filled with joy making it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Good. You are a joyous, joyous man. Well, thank you. And it's and good you're to have snacks. you a pleasure to talk to. Thank yeah. You. Snacks. Anytime. Uh, help your yourself. next interview, uh, prepare. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs>
<laughs> Don't just, you know, that's like De Niro's here talking about the Irishman. Now, in the first scene, you go to a puppet theater and you kill a man. So tell us about that. Don't do that. And by the way, you did ask good questions while we were here. Oh, thank you. It's thank not you. like you were Baron Von Lazy, well, but you, you kept on bringing it. You hey, had a run. Hey, you got something to promote. I'm trying on. to help you here. I don't know. That's how you do it. But by the way, there what you had a run in the like towards the end of like, yeah. here's another thing from your special. Yeah. Here's another yeah. thing. Yeah. But in general, it was joyous. Hey, I got to please Netflix. <laughs> Why? Do you work for Netflix? No, but I want to get more guests. <laughs> Why would you not get guests? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You were amazing. And, and Netflix is not going to stop. Awesome. Hey, by the way, if anyone doesn't, if Netflix says you can't have guests, I'll get you guests. I'll bring no them kidding. here. I'll bring them here. I'll tell them that. I'll have a granola bar. <laughs> I'll drop them off. I'll leave. And you are no slouch yourself. I Jeff Garland, Thank our you. man in Chicago. Yes. It's available on Netflix starting November 12th. And, of course, you can catch him on the Goldbergs and the new season of Curb coming in 2020. Yes. Jeff Garland, thanks. Thank you. An honor to be here. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks again to Jeff Garland for joining me on the podcast. Jeff Garland, Our Man in Chicago, is available on Netflix starting tomorrow, Tuesday, November 12th. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and rate and review us while you're there. Five-star ratings and detailed reviews are one of the best ways for new listeners to discover the show. You can also follow us on Facebook or on Twitter at at KickAssNewsPod and recommend us to your friends on your social media. For more fun stuff, visit KickAssNews.com and I welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions at comments at KickAssNews.com. For now, I'm Ben Mathis and thanks for listening to KickAss News.